My main point today, all faith is good. There is way too much religious intolerance in the world today, and it's not a good thing. I'm reminded of one of my professors in seminary, Jacob Needleman. Actually, he taught at San Francisco State, but I was involved in a National Endowment for Humanities grant that he was part of, and I got to know him, and I got to take some class, a couple of classes with him. Anyway, he employed a powerful metaphor when discussing world religions. The religious quest, Needleman suggested, is a lot like ascending Mount Everest. Well, it's a long climb to that summit, and where you begin your ascent looks different depending on where you live. If you happen to live in Mumbai, your map may look a lot like the Hindu Vedas. In Texas, a Schofield reference Bible. And in Saudi Arabia, it is apt to look like the Koran. But by the time one gets up above 15,000 feet, about half the cruising altitude of a commercial jet, and about the half the way up Mount Everest, all the maps begin to look very similar. And at the summit, they've all brought you to the same place. Yes, indeed, the map from Saudi Arabia, from much of the Middle East, and across the globe, looks a lot like the Koran. It was in Saudi Arabia that Muhammad was born in 570 AD, in the town of Mecca, where he had lived all his life until age 40, 610, he began to have remarkable visions. In 622, uh, the kind of turmoil that uh, caused about these fabulous visions uh, forced him and uh, 12 or 11, 12 others to uh, begin and migrate to Medina. Twelve others were with him, as I said, and four of them were Christians. The Middle East has always been a place of many faith traditions. Muhammad was very impressed with the prophets, but he believed that neither the Jews nor the Christians had lived up to the prophets, and in some cases had even falsified their messages. So, Muhammad offered another path to the top of Mount Everest, the path of submission, Islam. You do not have to be a saint, he proclaimed. You just have to be true. If you can be a saint, great, more power to you. But most of us can't, and this will do you. Jihad is a very misunderstood concept. It means struggle, just in the same way that Israel means one who struggles or one who struggles with God. This is the basic underlying truth about the human condition. Life is struggle. Don't be deceived and don't trivialize it either, said Muhammad. Make it holy. Christian-Islamic conflict is a major aspect of many of the struggles we read about every day in the Balkans, 
the Middle East, Indonesia, indeed around the globe. If we are to understand these conflicts better, we must try to understand Islam better. It is not, it is anything but the low-type, thuggish faith that the popular media often makes it out to be. It is essentially another path, one that recognizes the Christian path and even goes as far as to recognize it as higher, if you can live up to it. Indeed, all religions, if we focus on their central tenets, lead us to better, more productive lives. Our chalice lighting reading ended with the plea to Allah, give us, guide us in the straight path. A straight path is one that is direct, straightforward, and explicit. More than other religions, Islam spells out its directives quite simply and explicitly. The five pillars of Islam are the principles that regulate the private lives of Muslims in their dealings with God. The first pillar is Islam's creed or confession of faith, the Shahada, and it consists of a single sentence. There is no God but Allah, and Muhammad is his prophet. The second pillar is prayer, five times daily, on awakening, at noon, mid-afternoon, sunset, and before bedtime. Ablutions precede prayers, which begin while standing and conclude in the fetal position with one's head touching the floor. All prayers focus on gratitude and praise. The third pillar is charity. Two and a half percent of one's resources should be distributed to the poor every year. We saw that in the little uh, video of the children and uh, Cat Stevens, formerly, uh, singing about the whole um, joy of of the fourth pillar, Ramadan, which begins tomorrow night at sundown. It's a lunar holiday, as Amanda pointed out, so over time it moves around the celebial solar calendar. Muslims who are not ill or involved in crises like war or unavoidable journeys fast during Ramadan. From the first moment of dawn until sunset, neither food nor drink nor smoke passes their lips, nor are they supposed to be sexually active. The significance? To teach self-discipline, reminding believers of their frailty and dependence. Plus, it fosters compassion, for only the hungry know what hunger really means. And a special camaraderie is forged forged among those who eat together before sunup or after dark. If Islam's fifth pillar is pilgrimage. Once during her or his lifetime, every Muslim who is physically and economically able to do so is expected to journey to Mecca. 
where God's climactic revelation, as written in the Koran, first came down from heaven. The purpose of the journey is to heighten the pilgrim's commitment to God. But there are many fringe benefits, as exuberantly described by Malcolm X in his amazing The Autobiography of Malcolm X, which is a book every human being should read. Malcolm was absolutely impressed. He was literally blown away by the human equality he experienced for the first time in his life when everyone exchanged their clothes, which are always somewhat status-ridden, for two simple sheet-like garments. People of every race and ethnicity, speaking dozens of languages, come together demonstrating a loyalty that transcends all of those things, race, color, creed, uh, well, not creed, because they're all Muslims, but um, language. Packed together, Malcolm wrote, were white, black, brown, red, and yellow people, blue eyes and blonde hair, and my kinky red hair, all together, sisters and brothers, all honoring the same God, Allah, all in turn, giving equal honor to each other. After years as a radical black separatist, Malcolm had a truly universalist epiphany. He wrote, all ate as one and slept as one. Everything about the pilgrimage atmosphere accentuated the oneness of humanity under one God. He learned something else too, sleeping on rugs with so many others, that pilgrims from every land, he wrote, every color and class and rank, high officials and beggar alike, all snored in the same language. The climax of the track is to circle the Kaaba, a huge black stone in the middle of Mecca's great mosque. With each revolution, pilgrims get a little closer. Malcolm X described it like this. The pilgrim should try to kiss the Kaaba if possible, but if the crowds prevent him or her from getting that close, they are to touch it. And if the crowd prevents that, they raise their hand and cry out, Takbir, God is great. I could not get within yards, he wrote. Takbir, he shouted. When asked later what impressed him the most, Malcolm exclaimed, the brother's sisterhood. The people of all races, colors from all over the world coming together as one. The whole experience of traveling to Mecca completely changed Malcolm X. His faith, while remaining radical, was universalized. He saw and experienced and thereafter preached and proclaimed truly beloved community. Yes, indeed, Malcolm. And yes, indeed, Unitarian Universal. God is great. God is genuinely great. Amen. Shalom. Blessed be. And salam.